Welcome. I'm your host, Andrea Maximo, and you are listening to the Electric Feminine Podcast. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Electric Feminine. I am so excited. I am your host, Andrea Maximo. And today we have a very, very good friend, someone I've known for a long time, an amazing human being. And I'm so excited to have her here. Yes, I know I say this every episode, but I do. I know really great people. Diana Antonio, amazing yoga teacher, life coach, mentor is here today with us. And Diana has been teaching yoga for over 21 years. Yes. She, um, right. Seven years ago, you created something amazing called Breathless, which combined, what, what would you say? Combines like yoga and plyometrics, right? To get you truly breathless. Right? Yes. And, and then this did. year, I'm super excited because you are creating something now even more different than what you've done before and something called Strong, which is now going to combine personal development and physical strength. I'm so excited for all these things because you are someone I wanted on this show because I know you have come, you have come through challenges in life so beautifully and you have been so transparent about them and really has been someone I have learned so much from about poise and grace and how to handle these challenges and flow through them. So I'm excited to have you here today to share your wisdom with our listeners. Welcome, Diana. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I, you know, I love you. I love everything you're about. I feel just really grateful and honored. Thank you for saying all of those things um, and seeing me in that way. I, I hope I have wisdom to share. You know, I, I've been, you know, wisdom comes from pain mm-hmm. and it comes from you know, going through pain consciously and then pulling out the truth of it. And so I, I really, yeah, I'm, I hope that I have some good things that people need to hear. And yeah. My feeling is, is that you doesn't matter what somebody will hear something and be like, Oh my gosh, she's talking right to me. And that's, you know, that's what, that's the whole point of this. Bring on different women with different experiences, um, different people who have gone through different things and then let the people decide what they need. I know that for me, one of the things that I thought was really interesting watching you over the last several years was it felt like to me that there was a point where you really transitioned more into embodying your sensuality very openly in your photographs, in, um, you know, the words that you were using. She's also a writer, by the way. I don't know if she's going to, she doesn't put that anywhere in her bio, but she should (laughs) because she is. She is a writer. She's a beautiful writer. Um, You've written some incredible things, especially, you know, things that I remember about, you know, you, your pain, relationship to moms, just really incredible, poignant things. And so definitely um, someone needs to put writer in your bio. But anyway, there was this point where I noticed there was a transformation in how you were carrying yourself and embodying your sensuality. What, am I right? What was that about? Yeah, what a journey, you know, um, what a journey. What I I know to be true about myself, and, and I I, I think I see this in, in all of the women that I work with and, and I'm sure we're all collectively all going through that, but um, 
I think we're really truly trying to uncover who we really are. And when we can't express those things sometimes in words, we express them in other ways. Um, like a child, like a child, um, you know, if they don't know how to say, they will try to make you feel what they're feeling, you know, um, so that you can feel what they are feeling. And so a lot of times that dancing or is like, this is, this is what I'm feeling and this is a part of me and this is okay. And this should be accepted in a very different way than what is the norm. And I know that you know that, and, and I'm so grateful that you are about that. But yeah, I mean, it is like, I am a sexual person. And I think as women, as you know, we've been taught to hide that or not be that. And so what happens is I think a lot of times we shove down all these feelings. We shove down the things that we think we should be ashamed of. We shove down our anger because we feel like we shouldn't be it. And then we eventually disconnect from who we are and we um, end up losing ourselves. So I'm working with all these women that are, they look on the outside like their life could be perfect. And yet they're on the inside, they're going, but I'm not really being myself. Right, right, exactly. And, and to that, I really feel from the work I've been doing too over these years that I, women don't realize there's a connection between our sensual sexual energy and you know, speaking our mind, standing up for who we are, yeah. um, you know, just, like you said, it, it feeds into every aspect of us. And I really feel like this is a part where we go, oh, that's a separate thing. You know, yeah. I want to be a creative. I want to be a business owner, but that's a separate thing. I don't need to handle that. I'm like, no, actually it's all connected. Would you say so? Absolutely. And I think when we don't bring all of ourselves to anything, we it, it's, it's deadening. But when we can actually bring all of ourselves, so when I can bring my sexuality, I know that my sensuality to my mm -hmm. teaching, which I do, and it's mm -hmm. not me trying to have sex with you, it's me bringing my sensuality, my body, my movements, my emotion, my passion, is I... I can connect better. I can, you know, I have more impact. It's, there's a different energy about it. I feel alive. I want to be there. I want to experience myself, you know, bringing all, all of ourselves to the table. But yeah. Would you say, well, how did it influence you as a business owner, you know, um, as an entrepreneur, as someone who is a creative, that moment of reclamation and really just putting yourself out there as the full you in full, you know, like, I love that you say deadening, but reintegrated Diana, like completely there. How had that, how has that influenced your business? It's interesting because I feel like it's, um, I, got, I wish I could say that it, um, well, there's, it's, it's complicated. And I know that you'll probably understand this is, when I was, you know, last year where you said I started posting these videos of me moving and it was sensual and I was wearing what I wanted to wear and um, I was really being free and it felt so good. And it was during the pandemic that I did that and it was a way for me to express myself during that time and it felt so 
good and it felt so freeing and so many people you know so many people give advice unasked advice but so many people thought that that maybe that wasn't a good idea and that maybe I should start a separate page for that and that didn't quite work with my business yeah with my business and you know I actually just last week I had two people one of them being a woman who got very upset during our conversation and one, a man who um, texted to me and they said, "Um, I see that you're empowering young women and you dress like this. Don't you feel like there's a, a message being missed here? Oh my God. Are you serious? And that's the problem. Am I right? Yeah, no. I mean, there was a woman who, who said to me, I cannot believe you are te- you're teaching these women, like, because I was wearing a, a sports bra and yoga pants. And I said, you think what I'm wearing is inappropriate? She said, yes. Wow. If, if someone wears that to high school, they're going to be sexually exploited and I thought oh my god oh my gosh this is what people believe this is really what people believe and it's it's the problem quite honestly no I 100% 100%. agree with you I'm actually laughing because (laughs) laughing internally because I first of all I can't believe the audacity of people sometimes and how they draw these crazy conclusions and I know a lot of it just comes from how they were raised how things are viewed and I believe you know, in your case, it's like, well, we liked you this way. We don't want you fully expressed. We liked you better this way. And it's like, no, this was always who she was. Now she's just allowing herself to be, let them fall away. But when I started getting asked by high schools locally to come speak, I always was like, you know what I teach, right? I just want to be clear (laughs) because I don't want any, you know, and it happened that I kept getting invited and they were like, no, we know, but we know you're a life coach and we think what you do is great. And I'm like, okay, I'm just saying they're all on social media and they will come follow me. They're like, no, one time I got pushed back and it was actually a mom's group from the same school was like, we want you to come and teach the moms. And I said, great. And they would, I want you to come teach the peer movement. I'm like, oh, all right, awesome, great. You want central embodiment for the mom, this is progress. Three days later, I guess she took it back to the board and they were like, okay, so maybe you could just do your regular yoga class. And I was like, okay, got it. Something happened. Something happened. Somebody got uncomfortable. Somebody suddenly was like, wait, no, this is not what we want. And I'm fine with that. But I think, again, what upsets me or not upsets me, I don't want to say that because I really don't lose that much sleep over this, but it's the idea that, you know, that this is going to get perpetuated. And this is where the judgment from young women now comes because they're learning it from, you know, their elders, their moms, whoever is, is watching. So that woman who's judging you and what you have on now is going to go talk about that with her daughter. Now her daughter is going to internalize that, take that out into the world and then judge other women based on that. And then here we go. And it just keeps going and it keeps going and keeps going. But this is why the work that you're doing, the work I'm doing is so important. So many other women who are working with women in disregard, because it's just little by little, we can break it down. Exactly. It, it, exactly. And I, and I hope, and I really am on a mission in because it's, you know, first of all, I have been, um, 
hit on or sexual mm -hmm. things have been said to me, no matter what I'm wearing, I could wear exactly. sweatpants, you know, it has nothing to do. And the other thing that really bothers me is that what we're really, what, what that conversation was, is that your value is based on your appearance mm -hmm. and your value has nothing to do with your experience, your spirit and, and what you bring to the table. And it's like, we're stuck in this place of, why can't we get deeper? You know, we should, this is my, this is a female body. And why do I have to cover it up and hide it? And none of those, it's just, yeah, we, I'm, I, it really, it does actually anger me. <laughs> I know I'm, I, I'm trying to be the, it, it pisses me off. I just try not to, because I, I, I just want to start, you know, and then I lose my shit and then I forget my coaching hat and I start throat punching people. <laughs> just like, Oh, just snap out of it. Cause you're, you're part of the problem. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's the trauma. So, you know, like a trigger is a trauma coming up in the body. It's that strong agitation. And that's the trauma be, that all of us women should feel because anytime we're, we see, um, we are experiencing, Hey, put, put a part of yourself away. That should be, that should be trauma. We yes. should get that zing and be like, yes. Wait, what? what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. So what's been your, your journey with your body? Wow. Completely. Um, so I would say that I struggled with my body image when I was a young woman, which is one of the many reasons why I'm working with young women. Um, I always wanted my body to be different than it was um, less than actually than it was. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be less than I wanted to be smaller. I was tall. So I wanted to be smaller. Um, mm -hmm you know, it's like so symbolic of be less than. Um, so I really kind of, I struggled with that. I even struggled with my body. Um, when I was married, I, I got married when I was 24 and I was also, I divorced when I was 29, but I, um, never took off my bra during sex when I was married. Wow. I like was afraid to expose my breasts and mm -hmm. it was because I, they didn't feel perfect to me. Um, mm -hmm. I had, you know, I actually ended up getting a breast lift. So if mm -hmm. that can tell you where I was at. Um, and so I was kind of really ashamed of my body for such a long time. And then in my thirties, mm -hmm. really in my thirties is when I started to go, I need a better relationship with, with this. And so that's when I started doing boudoir photos mm -hmm. and I've done like 10 of those photo shoots in the past, like, because they help me feel like empowered and they see, mm -hmm. they, they make, they help me feel sex, sexual and sensual. And then they're for me. Um, and then that's when I've just really started going, like, I want to dance and I want to move and I want to be free, um, yeah. in that way. Yeah. 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 Took, I feel like that's go ahead. Yeah, but it didn't start until my 30s. Yeah, well, and, and, and I <laughs> I feel like that's just, there's so much we're just trying to get through. You know, I, I joke with some of the women in my class. I'm like, you know, I'm not just in here with you. 
I'm in here with your parents' values. I'm in here with the priest, the rabbi, the pastor, <laughs> the reverend is here too. I know, I, they're all in here. Grandparents are in the corner. Everybody is in here and I'm trying to get to you. Yeah. what you believe, right? And the relationship you need to have with your body and your sexuality and the sexuality piece in particular, because as we all know, or maybe not know, we're inundated from the time we're born with images and the media telling us what we need to dress like or what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. I always say, you know, breast on display are okay if we're selling cars and hamburgers. But the minute we choose to put them on display, it's like, no, 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 young lady, have a seat. You don't do that. You know, this this is inappropriate. But but if you're selling something behind it, then that's okay because we're making a profit off of it, you know? Um, and I think when you've, you've got all these things in your head and you're just trying to make decisions and then you get put into intimate relationships with no education or information about what you like how to advocate for yourself how to you know even practice consent none of that and you're simply trying to be loved be liked not you know cause anything to let somebody not like you there's just so much that's going on that I get why we don't figure things out to where in our 30s and our 40s sometimes, right. you know, and why programs like yours, I think are so important that you're trying to get to these young women sooner, you know, um, to help them out. And some of it is going to be trial and error. Some of it is just going to be life experience. And then what can we do to help though right now? Tell me a little bit about the program with, with the, with the young women. I'm really interested in this. It's so exciting. Um, Okay, so I already did one of these programs, and I'd love to tell you um, a really short story about one of the girls who yeah. told me it was okay to share her story. But um, let me tell you what's in the program. So first of all, the main focus is on self-esteem, really. And so what I teach them to do is I teach them how to sit with themselves every single day, which, you know, in yoga, we call it meditation and call it what you want. But Sometimes meditation is confusing um, where I just say like, this is a time where you just have to sit with yourself and go, what do I want? What do I need? And it's so important. It's, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to have no thoughts, you know, but you should be with yourself, show up for yourself. Like you would want someone to listen to you when you had something very important to say, do that for yourself. Give yourself that every day and then ask to be guided, pray to God, whatever you pray to and your soul, whatever, like just pray for guidance and then feel your body, be in your body. So I'm teaching them what that means to be in your body. And um, so then we go over their attachment styles. So many of us, we don't know how we attach and how we've learned how to attach in relationships. And it's, imperative to healthy boundaries to really to really know that so we go over that we go over what bound how to how to have boundaries what they require um how to have a card conversation how to listen mm -hmm. with presence um how to ask for what you want and what you need how to know what you want and what you need um self-esteem skills what does it mean to build self-esteem um, what do you need to do? All of the things, how to manage your spirit, all of these things that we should be learning in school um, sure. that, that we don't learn is in this is in this program. It to me, it's the gold of life, and it's everything that I never learned 
um, from my parents or uh, my teachers in school. Um, I learned this from life experience and some spiritual mentors and, and things like that. But yeah, that's a program. And what was the young woman? She, um, so I had this young woman who came in, she was 20 years old, took the semester off. We started working together. We worked together for four weeks and we did, and it was the strong girls program, but it was four weeks long. I made it a little longer because I think it needs to be, but I said to her, how are your boundaries? And she said, what are those? <laughs> and I went, okay, good. So uh, we talked, we learned what boundaries were. I told her to pray for guidance the second week we meet, she comes up to me and she says, oh my gosh, Diana, let me tell you this win. I was hanging out with my boyfriend and I just kept feeling like I was being guided to spend time alone. And so I walked up to him and I just told him that I needed to go spend some alone time. And he said, okay. And I did it. And it felt so good. And I mean, I'm like, my jaw's on the floor because it took me 30 years to learn how to do that. <laughs> So she like courageously listened to her body, courageously said, hey, I need alone time, courageously took it. So week two. I love it. I know. So week three, she comes in and we're on a Zoom call. Again, it's during the pandemic. I look over her and she is hysterically crying in the corner. And I was saying something about how when we move forward in our life, it's really important to take time to, to grieve because no, no matter even if we're entering a, a new life that we need and want, it's okay to feel grief about the life that you're leaving. It's very natural and very normal. And so I call on, um, her name was Natalie, and she said, I'm feeling that grief. I keep being guided to break up with my boyfriend. And eventually she did. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, there was nothing wrong with the relationship. And I love this story so much because she was doing what she was supposed to do. She was doing what she thought she should be doing. She was doing what a lot of young women do. And that's lose yourself in, for this relationship. So she broke up with her boyfriend. She remembered she wanted to go to med school. She, you know what I mean? So she really, wow. she just took her spirit back and she just started to take care of herself. And it wasn't about making her boyfriend wrong. And it wasn't about he was bad for her. It just wasn't the, the season for her. Yeah. And to me, I was like, I can die now. <laughs> My work here is done. <laughs> Diana out. <laughs> it, was that, it was that big of a deal. I was like, her healing healed the 20 year old Diana, you know, and that's why we do what we do. I think of so many reasons she's, she healed and that healed a part of me because I wanted that power when I was free. I didn't have that power. I just got really emotional when you said it's healing the 20 year old Diana. Cause like, and that's why we do the work that we do. And, you know, my relationship with women wasn't always great in the beginning. I had a very small group of friends and I don't think it was until I did this work and started working with women that I realized that I think I had some sister wounds there. A lot yeah. of distrust, a lot of feeling like even the ones closest to me at some point betrayed me. Yeah. I couldn't be trusted. So guys, I thought were 
the ones that I could trust. And then, you know, making that kind of assumption that oh, I get along better with guys, you know, one of those girls would say things like that. And, you know, my relationship to boys at that age that you're speaking about this young woman was just like, they were, it was, my worth was tied into, do they love me? Mm-hmm. Do they find me attractive? You know? And then when they would break up with me, obviously I wasn't enough then, you know, or why, you know, the, the partners that would only call me for the, uh, you know, when they broke up with their girlfriend and yeah. I was single, they're like, you're not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. And I'm like, okay, but why am I never the girlfriend? but allowing myself to continue because it was some form of validation in me, I thought. And um, yeah, like <laughs> you said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. I guess we are doing that every time is just kind of going back and, and, and healing a little bit of, of that part of ourselves that was, that was chipped away. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's big. I know. Um, <laughs> it's so big. I know it's a deal. <laughs> it is, but I, you know, I, I wanna, I wanna segue for a, a bit because I, I feel like this is important for people to understand too. We, we get a lot into the conversation about the divine feminine, yeah, and the divine masculine, and you know, this is something that I want, I want more of us to know about. I want more of us to understand how to balance or the importance of knowing about it. What, what does that mean to you when I say divine feminine, divine masculine? It's deep. I mean, um, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's really deep and, um, it can be a lot of things. So I learned in, you know, in the spirit, in spirituality that um, the masculine is the mind and the feminine is the heart. Mm -hmm. And if I was speaking of the divine masculine and the divine feminine energy, just in me, um, I could think of it as, you know, one part of me is what my heart feels. Mm. And the other part is, So this is the emotion or like in therapy, when I was younger, I learned wise mind. It's like emotional mind that meets rational mind equals a wise mind. So can I bring rational, strong mind and my emotional reality and hold and have those two parts of me talk daily Mm. so that I can go, what do I feel? And I'm strong enough. My mind is strong enough to hold it. My mind is strong enough to hold whatever that emotion is. Anger, bring it here. Rage, let me hold you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when we're talking in partnerships, um, one of the things that I see people struggle with the most is, I, you know, not a lot of people are emotionally available for each other, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, there's a lot of fixing that happens when we talk about hard emotions let me make you feel better. You know, I had, I was talking to someone I was coaching uh, the, this week and she was talking about being with her daughter when her daughter was um, feeling angry. And um, because, her, you know, like, let's say her daughter was angry that um, they were moving and she, she couldn't not move. And I said, but, you know, trauma happens not because we feel hurt. Trauma happens because we feel hurt alone. Oof. Okay. 
So trauma doesn't happen because I feel pain. Trauma happens because I feel pain alone. And so what we've done from a very young age is we've gone, oh, anger is bad. Let me feel that alone. Um, pain, bad. I'm going to feel that. So we're all feeling all of these things alone. Mm-hmm. And really what we're not connecting to is the feminine. We're, we've, we've lost the feminine. Mm-hmm. And we feel that the masculine is safer. Even as a woman, I, I hold my masculine energy probably more, uh, especially if I'm protect, protecting or I feel, I feel like my masculine energy will come out um, because my feminine energy cannot feel safe unless there's a strong masculine energy whether it be mine or someone else's. So to be able to sit here, to be able to come to you as my partner and say, Oh my gosh, okay. I'm feeling really scared and disconnected today. And, and this is why. And, and, but a lot of times people don't know how they, they don't know how to even go there first with themselves. Like, how am I feeling? One of the first things I do with people is like, what, how do you really feel? You know, and but oh, like in a way where you don't have to blame Mercury retrograde or, you know, the weather. But like, I'm scared. I am feeling this way. Like I, I feel disconnected. Owning them. Yeah, owning them, and then having you know the the masculine, the divine masculine, whatever it be, be be able to sit and hold it. That's not to not change it, to not fix it. This is what, this is what we do to our women to not change them, to not fix them, to not make them a little bit more manageable, but what, let them, let it be wild. And can you hold it? And it's not very well. Yeah. And I don't see that happening um, enough in consistency where I feel like the divine feminine feels safe. So we're in a, like a little bit of a rage. Mm-hmm. And we're a little I feel bit, that. Yeah. We're in the like, oh yeah, not anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I feel like it's been like the last, you know, a few years in particular that there's just been this escalation of energy, you know, women really just claiming it now and owning it and wanting it and, you know, wanting to understand more about it and, tired of being made to feel small, tired of being made to feel like they have no voice or they have, you know, no, like not being seen fully. I love what you said before too, because it's like, let it be wild. And I really think this is how this whole shit started a billion years ago is that they just couldn't deal with all the wild. So let's temper it. Let's, you know, let's manage it. Let's dress them uh, from here to here and cover them up and let's, tell them they can't do this and they can't have these jobs. And it's just like, let's manage it completely until it's just deadened. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like if I hear one more person, just be nice, you know, I mean, please. I mean, it's like the other day when I was um, talking to someone and she was telling me that I, you know, shouldn't be teaching young women. And I, I, I got angry and I said, yeah. I don't I don't agree with you. Mm-hmm. I do not agree with you. And that was my tone. And she said, well, look at you getting so angry. And we should have a right. Yeah. My gosh. I'm not coming at you. I'm just, 
You're poking me. I'm showing you what's real. That's going to bring up anger. That is a boundary. You're, you, you have brought your soul in my castle now, sister. Mm. You brought your soul in my castle and you're telling me not to be angry now. Mm. Right. Nothing bothers right. me more than, I'm not saying be reactive. I'm not saying be, mm-hmm. I have been reactive and I'm learning, you know, how to not be every day. Right. It. But we should be angry. We should, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know, and I think we need to start accepting that a little bit, a lot more. Right. Right. I'm thinking back to, you know, the story you were just telling about that young woman in your class, because basically that that's what was happening is she's awakening to the fact that she can own those feelings. She can express those feelings. She can do so in a way that, you know, but there's, there'll be some mourning because it's not what we've known. Right. You know, it's almost like coming out of a, a dream state. You know, I always go back to the matrix and I know this movie's old as shit. So if anybody's listening, who doesn't know what that is, go look that up. <laughs> but just the idea that, you know, that there's, there's a world behind the world. And then when you figure out the, you, you're looking back and there's a part of you that's like relieved that you're seeing, but then there's a part of you that's going to mourn because there was a familiarity, even if it was keeping you small, you know, and I find that some of us are so afraid of what's on the other side. When I'm teaching women, you know, this class, this sensual embodiment class, there is a fear, a palpable fear in the room. And I'm like, what are you so afraid of? And a lot of times it's not even what I think or assume, which is I'm afraid of what other people will think. You're like, I'm just afraid what will happen. (laughs) What do you think is going to happen? They're afraid of this, it coming all together. And maybe not, you know, one person told me, I'm afraid that I won't be able to handle the magnitude of, you know, or the feeling that I have, you know, that it's going to be so big. Um, So I just, it's amazing to me um, how much we have to just get comfortable with being awake, you know, get comfortable with, with the truth of it. And that's just step one. (laughs) I know it is, it is. And I think that's really, it is the step one is just being honest, really honest with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So do you teach the young women or even in your stronger part of the same program? So I have um, strong girls, which is 17 ages 17 to 25. Okay. So I, I kind of clump up the the younger women and then I have a strong women group for women, any age. And then, um, I also just do one-on-one coaching too right now. And we all go through the same, the same process. Do you bring the divine feminine into your programs as well? Teaching that in any aspect? Not, you know, not like you do. And I love how you um, do it. And I don't actually um, necessarily even call it that, but it's, um, I have a whole section on, it's a self-love section actually. And it's Mm -hmm. about your heart and being connected to um, your body and forgiveness and Mm. just kind of asking yourself, what do I want? It's like that pivotal part in your soul when you get to a place wherever you are in your life, sometimes, you know, as a, as a mother, it's when your children are a little older, but I didn't have that waiting period where you go, what, well, what do I actually want? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you're right. So many people um, are afraid of the unknown. Like 
I call that the, um, and this is how I learned it is that's the prostitute, which is so funny because the prostitute will sell is the part of us that will sell our soul for comfort, which is history. It speaks, you know, even if our history wasn't good, we know it. And so that's comfort in a way. So the prostitute is the one that will go, I'm going to choose who I was rather than who I'm becoming because that's what's comfortable for me. Interesting. So I can, yeah. And so sometimes I'll sell my soul like this. I'll sell my voice for comfort. I won't, I won't say how I'm feeling. I'm just going to bite my my tongue. Um, Or as a woman, sometimes women will sell their wisdom. They'll keep quiet. They won't, they won't talk over the man. Um, They would never disrespect and disagree. Mm -hmm. Um, However, however ways we, you know, we, we sell our power for comfort. How do you, you know, you, you're, you're very, your personality, your energy, I've always wanted to be very strong. You know, um, I'll tell you guys a quick story. The first time I ever met her, I'd heard about her long before I heard I met her. She's a bit of a celebrity here in Cleveland. Um, and she no longer lives here now, but you know, before I had, uh, met her, I had heard about this amazing yoga instructor and, She's so effervescent and she's this and she's that. And then she comes into Lululemon where I was managing at the time. Remember that? And she walks in her beautiful height and just this beautiful smile and she's glowing and a presence. And, you know, you were very just, you were a strong woman to me from the very beginning. How do you, what would you share with women who are coming into their own right? Who are really feeling that power, but are having, having the people around them ripple, you know, that are, are, are pushing back against this. Cause that is what I find too, is that, like you said, there's going to be, you know, in your instance, you had a woman, strangers come up to you and say something, but I'm talking about women who are now dealing with like people in their house who are like, what's, what is all this, this, this strong energy, this thing that, you know, you're acting like a bitch now you're, you're, you know, you're being really assertive or you weren't like this before. I liked you better when you were quieter. You know, I, I remember my mom, my mom, when she was about 50, something kind of shifted. My mother was always outspoken woman, but with her, you know, some of her close friends, she, she tended to bend to their will if they were a stronger personality. And she, she was also with somebody who wanted to keep the peace a lot too. And then around that age, she started to shift and push back and talk back and be like, no, I don't want to do that. And, and the friends didn't like that. You know, and there was even a little bit of a falling out between them. And I think a lot of it had to become from the fact that my mom just was coming into her own and the people who knew her at one way didn't like this newer version of her, this more outspoken version of her. Um, what would you say? What, what's the advice you give to people who are, who are dealing with that? They're coming into their own and yet the people around them don't support that. I would say um, write down your goals. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, I mean it like write down your goals, really write down what you truly want and where you want to go. And when life gets hard, remember that because um, not everyone is going to applaud your empowerment. Um, they're not, you know, I always say if 
if you take a program like this and you become more empowered, the people in your life that love you are going to love you even more. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing that comes with true empowerment is we also empower the people around us. You can't be truly empowered and then disempower the people around you. So, which is why part of my program is how to not just have people respect your boundaries, but how to respect their boundaries right. as well. Um, so when you become more empowered, the people around you um, will be totally supportive. And the people that don't love the new you don't love themselves. Mm. Because to truly love yourself, you would be moving in this direction towards inner empowerment. And if you are truly empowered, it cannot be the other way. It cannot. It literally cannot. If you are truly empowered, you are not in the business of disempowering anyone. You just aren't. It is a natural flow. You don't have to think about it. It's what you're about, truly, if you're empowered. So it's a way for you to really find your people and who really loves you uh, Mm -hmm. for for who you really are. And just, you know, trust it. Trust, Trust your strength. Um, gosh, I hope everyone just chooses their power. I hope you do. Yeah. Hope yeah, you- I know. I'm, I'm hearing you and I'm literally saying, thinking to myself, sometimes it's just going to be that some people will fall away. Yeah. Some people will fall away and that's okay. Exactly. And, and it is hard because, you know, I know I've had a lot of, um, relationships fall away uh, in, in this journey in empowerment. And, you know, interestingly, because like I work in the business of empowerment, I've had a lot of business relationships fall away. And what I realize is that everyone is just doing whatever they need to do to become empowered. So if someone's like, I, you know, I need Diana out of my life, whatever they're doing, I believe they're probably choosing it for their power in that moment. And, and things aren't that personal, really. Um, at the end of the day, I know we hear it all the time, but it's true. It's just, you know, someone earlier this year who I'd been friends with for a very long time, she said to me, Diana, I have, um, I have this client I want to refer you to. And I said, oh, great. Tell me about them. And she said, okay, it's this man. He's got awful boundaries with women, but he shows up, you know, when, when I want, or what, I don't know what it was. It was about the money. Mm-hmm. Right. And now this is someone who I think is my friend who I think knows me and what I'm about and what I've been through. And I've actually had like a stalker and a death threat from a man that didn't respect a boundary. I mean, it's a big thing. If wow. you're close enough to me in my life, you know that. And so she said that, and I literally was like, wow, I'm going to have to do this for myself. And what I said to her, I I can't have you in my life anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't feel safe to me anymore. Like this is real. This really actually hurts me to my core. And I need to start choosing people to be close to me that would, that have boundaries themselves. Right. So that I feel protected. Like, 
I feel more protected around someone who's boundary. Like to be around you probably be a relief for me because I know that you would say, Hey, that's not okay with me. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I had to do that. Not because that person is a terrible person. I needed to do that for myself so that I could know I'm not going to choose people that don't have boundaries anymore. I'm not going to choose people that don't know my boundaries anymore. Um, you know, those kinds yeah. of things. That shit is hard. It is yes. so hard. There's so many of us who are not doing that, who would maybe even have taken that client and allowed ourselves to be uncomfortable and triggered just because we didn't know how to say no or turn it down. And that, that really just fucks me up. It really freaks me out that there, that we're still, there's many of us that are not able to even just say no and protect ourselves and because we don't want to upset other people. And it, it always seems to go back to that not wanting to upset others. Yeah. Right. Or, or, or for the, for the money or like, you know, I'll, I'll have sex with my boss for the job or yeah, I'll let my boss touch my ass and not say anything because Mm -hmm. I don't want to get fired. Um, you know, whatever, whatever we've learned as women, and this is just learned trauma that we've passed down generation after generation. It, yeah, I do. Actually, I, it does piss me off. I don't even know why I lie. It does piss me off. I get fucking mad at shit about it because I do. I remember just so many times, you know, being in, in, in situations where I was vulnerable and, and didn't know how to advocate for myself, Yeah, you know, and felt so disempowered and angry Like I knew it was wrong and I just still didn't know how to be brave, you know, how to just be brave and take the consequences of that person being angry or losing a job or, you know, I will give myself credit. There was a time on a movie set that I actually walked off this movie set. I'm going to tell the story real quick. And this was, I'm going to put it out there and give a fuck. It was a James Toback film. And this, this director is notorious in the industry for, for, for not always being very, you know, on the up and up. And my agent sent me to this, it was, I think the movie was called Black and White. And it was like, well, you're going to be, you know, the girlfriend of one of the leads. And I was like, okay, cool. And I get down there and I walk into this room and it literally was this large room. And it was just a sea of young women. And it was like a stable is what it's, it felt like a red immediately. And I walked in, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I go off and I go sit in a corner and, you know, here comes the director and the actor, who I think was one of the members of the Wu-Tang. It was like member number 707, I don't know. <laughs> one of the Wu-Tang guys was the star. And they were cruising through looking at each group of women to decide who I guess was going to be in the scene with him. And it turns out it was actually gonna be a threesome scene. And none of this had been disclosed to me beforehand. And so they get to me and they're like, oh, we like her. So I'm just sitting here, I'm like, my skin's crawling, like the hair's standing up on the back of my neck. And they were like, well, will you do this threesome scene? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Cause that's not what I said I was gonna do. But I, if I, I would be lying to you if I didn't have a say that there was a conflict inside going, you're never going to work again. They'll remember you. 
How is this going to play with your agents? Like, just maybe go along with it. I mean, literally this conflict inside, even as I'm speaking my mind, I'm going, you're fucking your whole career up right now. I end up just leaving. I walk off the set. I'm like, I'm, I'm not staying. I'm, this isn't for me. I call my agent, hysterical. I'm sad. I'm angry. She's pissed off. Although I'm always like, how much did you know? <laughs> She's pissed off. Um, and then only to have the producers continue to call me and try to, to get me to come out later that night to meet them. It just would not stop. And while that was a, a triumphant moment in retrospect, it was the idea that in the moment that I even had any doubt about what I was doing, you know, that even for a second that I was not, that I thought I, I, this would ruin my career, that maybe I should, you know, and, and that's upsetting to me because I know that there's so many young women that maybe somebody ended up in that scene with him and maybe they felt fine doing it and that's okay. But I wonder too, like how many of them were just like, well, let me just do it because this is going to be my next big break. Even if I don't want to, you know, um, wow. Okay. Woo! I know. I love that story too. And, um, you know, I love that you did that. Amen to the, to the strength of young Anjua. And, but we, we, we just so often get away from, the fact that our value is not found in what we do or mm -hmm. what we look like, but how much we can be ourselves. Right. Like how much I value myself and how much I can be that self is what creates our worth. And so often I forget that myself. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like if I accomplish this, then you know, I'll be worthy or, you know, all the things yeah. that I tell myself that aren't true. So true. It's yeah. so true. It's mm -hmm. so true. What, um, what's your vision? What's your vision moving forward? You know, with, with everything that you're doing, what would you love to see happen? I would, I would love to, um, really just grow my business into a place where I, um, can have a, actually, I'd love to have a team of people that work with me and just on this mission to um, create these strong women and strong girls programs all over. I have a mission to empower as many women and young women as possible. I really do. I, I just, I wish that I knew the things that I know now. And I actually wrote a little book. Um, my book that I wrote this year is, um, you can get it in my programs. It's called The High Voltage Life, actually. Mm -hmm. The High Voltage Life. And it's, it's how to have self-esteem, how to live your life with self-esteem. And there's like 12 little sections. And um, you yeah. are a writer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, you know, I try. Thank goodness I have a, you know, a coach myself. So that helps yeah. me. We all do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, all the coaches have coaches. Just know this, all right? All therapists yeah. got a therapist, most likely, but all coaches got coaches. I know. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. We are because we're constantly growing and evolving. So you you you've got this vision. Um, what's what's the vision for you? Or what do you where would you like to see yourself continue to grow into? Like in my personal, my personal mm -hmm. life. 
You know, it's so interesting. I would love to, I don't, I think for the longest time, uh, because I was unskilled in relationships, I told myself I didn't want them. And that was just a way for me to be safe. Mm. Um, but I desperately wanted it at the same time. I was very confusing to myself. I didn't really quite understand what was going on in my little inner world here. Um, I would love to have a secure relationship with someone. I would love to have a partnership that is secure, um, boundaried, right? Mm -hmm. Communicating, um, able to be our two selves and, and come together. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't, I don't want to be in a relationship. I've been single for too long for like 15 years. I wouldn't want to just be in a relationship to fill a hole. I, um, I would love to have a relationship that was a super healthy and um, secure. Yeah. yeah. I would love that for myself. And I would love to be a part of a, a like a child's life in some form. Mm -hmm. If that, if that happened, you know, cause I've, mm -hmm. I've not had a children and I've never dated anyone with children. And so yeah. I really, and I know that, you know, you can be a mom, but I would like to have that, that personal intimate relationship with someone where I could, teach them what I know. And so I'm doing it in other ways, but yeah, I'd like that for myself personally. Yeah. I think that's actually, thank you for saying that and revealing that and being transparent about that. Because I know when I'm working with women, a lot of times there's this, they think there's something wrong that they're not with somebody and the way you present it sounds so much more powerful as it's an act of choice. You know, even if you're saying in the beginning, maybe it was a choice that was coming from a protection, um, yeah. you know, yeah. But it, it just still sounds like you, you also are choosing not to just be with somebody just to be with somebody. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And what I'm really trying to do is um, instead of focusing so much on why my relationships didn't work and who I was choosing, mm -hmm. um, it's more me realizing who do I want to be in this next relationship. Cause I would go like, Oh, I'm always with unavailable men, but I, and I was hiding it from myself that I was mm -hmm. unavailable myself. Right. Um, and so I'm really trying to learn to not be in the blame game, which doesn't help us heal, but to me go, okay, I, I never really learned well how to communicate what I really wanted and what I really needed. And so my practice is to do that. So I'm actually, you know, in communication right now with um, a, ma a man, it's like the mm -hmm. first person I've been interested in all year, literally. And I'm practicing my skills on how to be in a secure relationship with him. And, and he's showing me if he can do be back. Yeah. And the moment it's not okay, we just part ways. Right. And then we, we go back in, um, you know, to someone else if, if that time comes or whatever, but it's not something like I'm drowning and I need someone to save me. It's okay. I think I have something to give and I would love to receive love. And this is what it's going to look like. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love you. You're so wonderful. All right. Here comes, here comes the, the closer question. You ready? Well, wait, yeah. before, before, before we get to this one, tell me, do you have any last words you want to share with, with people listening? Anything you really want them to, to know or remember? Yes. Um, that if you are being guided to change something 
in your life, like either change a relationship or leave a relationship, you will feel miserable. And that is how you know. And there's nothing else you need. That's it. Yeah. So if you're feeling like something's not right, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. And here are two things. If you feel like something's wrong in a relationship, there's only two answers. One, make a new boundary in the relationship and then have it honored or leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is really simple and it's hard, but that's it. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. You got three people you can bring to dinner. Any three people. I don't care if it's an entity. <laughs> it could be, it could be spirit. It could be a fictional character on your favorite show, your favorite book. Who, who's coming to dinner with Diana? Okay. Number one, Carolyn Mace. She is, oh, I love her. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I love her. Yes. I love her too. And I met her one time and she is she's so into empowering someone she will never make anyone feel special like she's so about empowering you she won't even for a second make you feel like you're special um and so i love her i just love i feel so safe in her space she's so Mm -hmm. loving and she's kind of got this edge about her i love her um so so wise I would also invite it to the same dinner because it was just everyone at the same table. <laughs> same table. This is one big old dinner party. Okay, good. Sarah Silverman, the comedian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's uh, hilarious. I know. And she's really smart, too. That's the other reason. I think she's Very brilliant. Nice. She's a pot stirrer, which is good, especially if you have Carolyn Mace, Diana Vittantonio, and Sarah Silverman. <laughs> We got it. We got to have a male in here. So third guest is Marshall Mathers. I am obsessed with Eminem. And so there we go. <laughs> Holy shit. Wait a minute. Now I have heard that. I've had, like I ask this question every single time and I love the <gasps> answers every time, but this is definitely, this is a juicy one. So we got Carolyn Mace. If y'all don't know who this is, please look her up. She's amazing. We'll make sure we put her in the show notes, but, um, just a really wise, spiritual, and yes, edgy woman. Sarah Silverman, yeah. and then Eminem. Eminem, I love him. I've always loved him. I still love him. What about him? What about him in particular? I am, you know what turns me on so much? Women and men, what turns me on is genius. Genius, mm-hmm. smart, brain, being able mm-hmm. to think like no one else, being able to come up with shit like no one else. Like, yeah. ooh, Yep. Yeah, he, to me, he's so talented. Wow, I love his music. I, I'm a writer, so I love his poetry, which is his songs. He's so brilliant. I Sometimes I'm like, I wish I could write like him. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and here's the thing. He was never my favorite rapper, but I always respected him. Because yeah. I knew, even though, and it really was just because it was the the original, um, the character voice he came out with when he first, you know, was yeah. coming out with the, that kind of funny sound. I'm very much like with rappers, like your voice matters to me a great deal. And, you know, there's certain rappers that don't will not pass the vibe check with me because I just don't like the tone of their voice, even if they're a good lyricist, right? With him, I didn't care for the persona, but lyrically, I'm like, this motherfucker's badass. Like he's, he's really good. Even when he was like in his angry stage, like just 
yeah. murdering people and all kinds of crazy shit, you know, killing yeah. his mom and stuff. It was just the way he put it all together. Like I gave him a lot of respect because I'm like, he actually is genuinely a really good fucking rapper, regardless, irregardless of whether or not you like his style. Um, I have a lot of respect. And there's actually quite a few songs I do like by him. Um, okay. I love this. This was great. Thank you so much for coming yeah. and joining us today. Y'all make sure Diana, you tell them again, where a, where can they find you? You can find me on my website. It's called breathlessyoga.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Diana Vittantonio. And um, you can work with me if you want to in three different ways. Um, I have a strong girls program coming up July 11th, strong women, same day, July 11th. And then anytime you can hire me to coach you one-on-one. Awesome. at the time that this airs, this those programs may have started, but will they be starting again? It's something you plan on yes, keeping ongoing, right? Exactly. Yeah. So if this is after that, there'll be um, some ones in the future for sure. Wonderful. Awesome, Dana. I love you so much. Thank you so much for giving me your time today and sharing your wisdom. And yes, you had a lot to impart and I knew you would. So I adore you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Thank you so much. This was a gift. I can't wait to see how it all turns out. Mwah! Absolutely. Mwah! Bye, everyone. Be strong. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you for listening to the Electric Feminine Podcast with me, your host, Anjua Maximo. If you're ready to dive into this work of developing your connection to your goddess energy, of removing those obstacles standing in your way, please reach out at info at anjuamaximo.com or you can check out my courses available and my private coaching at www.anjuamaximo.com. Be good to you. Be good to each other.